Feeling better? Looking better? Making life better? It's Life Tips. Life Tips. We'll explore the latest innovations, introduce you to the latest products, and bring you the tips from experts and environmental pioneers to help you lead a better life. Life tips. Life tips. Life tips. Making your life smarter, better, faster, wiser. Welcome your hosts, Byron White and Amanda Smith. Welcome, everyone, to today's show. Before we chat with Sherry Ann Richardson, who's going to give us uh, some fabulous information about organic gardening, I just want to thank uh, George out there uh, for a fabulous new intro that we all just heard there to the show. And say hello to Mandy. Mandy, how are you? Hi, I'm great. I'm actually, uh, you caught me desk dancing. I was dancing at my desk (laughs) to our awesome new intro. It's amazing. I love it. Really fun, fresh, happy, and we're going to open each show, uh, starting probably the next show, uh, with some groovy music still playing in the background with a couple of tips every week. We won't do that this week. We'll save the thunder for next week. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, that'll be really fun. Excited well, about excited. that, Mandy? Very excited, yep. And actually, I wanted to tell you real quick about this website that I found that I think you might be interested in. It's called ecorazzi.com. And for anybody who's, you know, a fan of the, the pop culture, you know, the big pop culture buzz out there, like uh, Perez Hilton and stuff like that, um, this is a place, it's a great website to go to learn about how celebrities are getting involved and how people can get involved with you know, a lot of the celebrity environmental funds that are going on and fundraisers that are promoted by big celebrities. So Tell cool. us it's the domain name, name again. Worlds. Tell us Eco the domain Rocky. name again. Com. Okay, spell it out for us. I'm a little slow. <laughs> E-C-O-R-A-Z-Z-I.com. Like paparazzi. Got it. Wow, this looks fun. I it's love the cool. 60s sort of motif they have going on here. This is really cool. <laughs> All that time you thought I was working for the past hour. <laughs> I've been goofing off on that website. Well, that's it looks entertaining. So we're for any listeners anxious to learn more about life tips and where we're going, we uh Mandy and I have been huddling with George and strategizing about where we want to take the show. We love the green angle. We're going green, we're gonna stay going green. We think it's the right theme for the show, at least for the foreseeable future. Um, and uh, we're going we're gonna to bring some fun tips to the table as well that are not always related to, to green before the show. But uh, what are some of the topics areas that, that you think we should dive into, Mandy, for some of the best of the best life tips and bringing them to the table for all of our uh, fans and, and listeners out there? If we have any fans, maybe we have enemies, who knows? But <laughs> someone's, someone's listening, the listener, shall we say. My, what my are some of the topics? Are a fan. <laughs> my parents always listen into our show. So we have at least two fans, Byron. I can guarantee that. Fair enough. <laughs> I think staying along with the green theme, we can actually branch out a little bit. We can do some some really cool, you know, habitat for humanity stuff. We can look into some wildlife preservation people. I'm not going to lie. I'm talking to Coco, the gorillas people. I have I had her publicist on the phone earlier today. She was a little busy, but I'm really trying to get her on the show. And and you know I think staying seasonal could be interesting as well. You know I, you know that we've got warm weather coming in New England here. We've we've got activities outside. You know there's all kinds of interesting things happening with technology out there that I know you and I have been tracking and following. I mean there's just cool stuff that's related to the web and the internet and mm-hmm. playing outdoors and having fun with your life. 
Oh, yeah, especially in New England. You know, we're, we're based in New England, but we're headed into the summer months, you know, nationwide. There's tons of cool stuff to do to get outdoors, get green, get involved. I mean, we're going to have tons of – we already have guests lined up for the next four months. You know, we've got people who are really interested in getting involved, and I think it's going to be a really fun time on the show. Well, without further ado, let's take a quick station break here, and we'll be back with Sherry Ann Richardson. Life Tips will be right back after this short break. Are your domains working hard enough for you? Now, park your portfolio at RevenueDirect.com to maximize your earnings on traffic. With RevenueDirect's proven domain monetization service, you'll experience better payouts, more options, and smart optimization. Sign up free now at RevenueDirect.com. It's that easy. RevenueDirect. Make more money. Period. Can you believe how long it takes to order food here? Uh, Here we go. Excuse me. She's not even looking over here. Great service is hard to come by. Whether you're sitting in a bar, restaurant, or creating effective search advertising campaigns. Um, excuse me. I think we need to go somewhere else. It's easy to feel forgotten, especially when your advertising budget is on the line. LookSmart serves up to 400 million queries a day with a side of the best customer service in the online advertising industry. Hi, how are y'all doing today? What can I get you folks to eat? You were right. This place is so much better. LookSmart, premium and performance advertising solutions. Don't be fooled by your web analytics. If you think your web analytics are giving you all the information needed to manage your paid search accounts, you'd be shocked to see what they're not telling you. How are you tracking sales received over the phone that resulted from your PPC ads? Now, you can track call-in sales by campaign, search engine, and keyword with engine-ready call analytics. Optimize top spending keywords with more accurate tracking and achieve higher PPC profitability. Get started now tracking your PPC call and sales with Engine Ready Call Analytics. Visit EngineReady.com to see how easy and inexpensive accurate call and tracking can be. EngineReady.com A rose by any other name would still be the same. Shakespeare, you need to differentiate yourself from your competition. Do it by aligning yourself with a company who has earned the trust of Jupiter Media, the NHL, and Lionsgate Films, among others. Moniker.com is the most secure ICANN accredited register on the planet, offering you domain registration, hosting, domain sales, and acquisition services. Wrap that up with 24-7 support. That's your winning combination. M-O-N-I-K-E-R.com. More than a name. Affiliate marketing is changing rapidly. Stay ahead of the trends with Affiliate Marketing Insider. Jonathan Stefanski, who is the VP of Sales for Coop. Everyone is trying to find a way to take a video and monetize it. I think what we're doing uniquely is really focusing on that aspect of it, which is video as a monetization tool as opposed to entertainment tool. But at the end of the day, we're all in business to make money and creating a platform for people that want to use video to sell um, products and services. Affiliate Marketing Insider. Thursdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Affiliate Marketing Channel. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Find Webmaster Radio now on Facebook, MySpace, and Twitter. Add us today from the WebmasterRadio.fm homepage. And now back to Life Tips. Making your life smarter, better, faster, and wiser. Here are your hosts. Welcome back, everyone, uh, to our new improved intro and show. Today, we're going to be chatting with Sherry Ann Richardson. Welcome, Sherry Ann. 
Welcome, welcome. (laughs) Thanks thanks for helping us make the world a better place. No problem. (laughs) Uh, So today we're going to be chatting a little bit about your background. Um, You are an author of a book called Magical Gardens, and you also have several books uh, in production, a couple that are going to be Life Tips books, which we're excited about, one about 101 Tips on English Gardens and another 101 Tips about Organic Gardening. So uh, without further ado, tell us a little bit about your, your, your passion for gardening, uh, where, where it came from, and, and what you're doing with that passion. Um, well, I started out with herbs because I love scented plants. Mm-hmm. And um, then I ended up starting to write on the web um, for Life Tips, Bella Online, Sweet 101. And I joined the Garden Writers Association and became involved with Plant a Row for the Hungry. And um, what I've done with that, um, that's a program that anyone can join, even if they grow a tomato plant in a container. Um, there's currently over 27,000 volunteers, but there's a need for a lot more. Um, you start up a program in your county, and you donate your extra garden produce to local food pantries and soup kitchens. And it's a great program. Um, it's a great way to give back to your community. And what I have done to make this state wide, because I'm actually a regional director, is I've gone to a lot of the correctional facilities in the state and got them involved, and I have one Plainfield Correctional Facility that donated 6,985 pounds of produce last year. Wow. Now, uh, is this a national organization? Yes, this is national. It's through the Garden Writers Association. Um, Their website is gardenwriters.org, and Carol Ledbetter is the program administrator. And there are uh, directors in every state, and I believe there are some international directors, too. And the program was started by Jeff Lowenfels from Anchorage, Alaska. Fabulous. Um, I know Mandy has some questions before, but before she does. Tell us a little bit about, um, about your interest in, uh, in organic gardening and, uh, and, and what what, what your vantage point is with regards to what's changing, what's happening, and what and how things are progressing with regards to our, our ability to protect the environment with organic, organic uh, gardening. Well, um, as you may know, a lot of the pesticides that were used even as early as World War One are still in the ground, still affecting us. Um, chemicals are not good. Um, they're man-made. They, while they may prevent some things, the insects and the diseases build up resistance over time, and then suddenly they don't work. Not only that, but everything that touches our skin absorbs into it. And when we eat these pesticides, you know, these plants sprayed with pesticides, or we wear clothing that has been, you know, made from items that are chemicals, We're taking all this into our bodies, and we're ruining our health. Um, Organic produce has more nutritional value than uh, produce grown with pesticides or chemical fertilizers. Um, Kelp is a wonderful organic fertilizer that you can put on your garden, and it has everything in it that plants need, and they take this up, 
And, you know, these studies just show that the produce grown organically is just better for you. And while there are no official studies that have shown this, there are unofficial studies. People that have medical problems and switch over to the organic produce can actually help alleviate some of those problems. And um, I had a real experience myself. I went out to pick some tomatoes uh, from a field, and they had sprayed that field, and they didn't tell us. So as I was picking, my hands began to burn, and I said something, and they said, oh, we forgot to tell you we sprayed. And I brought the stuff home. We washed it twice. I went to put the stuff up, and every time that I ate, those tomatoes, I ended up getting sick. So I do believe that these chemicals are really bad for us. They're bad for the environment. What type of sick did you get? Nauseous or or, or some? Yeah. Yes, very. Hmm. And even even what I had froze, you know, it didn't go away. What's your take on this organic phase that grocery stores are, are almost being forced into. I mean, I think the word is out there that, you know, go, go organic. Organic is good. Um, but I'm, I'm worried that, you know, that we, we're we still doing damage to, to the environment. Are, are we really sure that all of these products that, we t- that, we're, that are labeled organic are, in fact, organic? Or is it just my own personal paranoia that, that I should be worried about here? Um, not all products are 100% organic. They can say organic, even if they are not 100% organic. Um, most products will say like 70%, 80%, you know, whatever. But you still really need to read. Um, for example, organic shampoos still contain formaldehyde, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so you do need to read and you need to be aware of, you know, what's on the product. And even if it says organic, when you bring it home, wash it. Um, a lot of health food stores sell products that are designed to take pesticides off of, you know, your regular fruits and vegetables. So you really need to be aware, and if at all possible, grow your produce yourself, and that way you know what's in it. This raises my next tough question, and then we're going to let Mandy soften the blow here a little bit. But <laughs> is 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 it so... Here's the challenge that I have. If you are trying to feed a neighborhood in the middle of a city uh, in your, your, your Whole Foods or, or your, your Stop and Shop or your Star Market, I mean, we're talking about volumes of, of uh, vegetables and fruits that need to, need to, need to be sourced somewhere, Right. Yes. And, you know, this is, this is a problem as the population grows. I mean, imagine the complexities they have in China with, with billion people plus, right? So, I mean, what is the answer? Is there a logical answer here? Is it possible that more local farmers uh, that are growing organically could somehow, you know, enter this mass, distribute, mass distribution food chain necessary to support massive infrastructures like cities? I mean, in other words, are we going to run out of bandwidth if everyone migrates over to, you know, moving away from conventional products and into organic products? Is this going to be a problem in the future? I don't think it is because um, 
a lot of people, like I said, they're learning to grow their own. A lot of the new vegetables are being hybridized so that they are suitable for container culture. Um, of course, the big farms are going to eventually catch the drift, and they're going to start switching over, even though, you know, it takes at least three years to become certified organic. Mm-hmm. And during that time, you cannot have any conventional chemicals on your land. Mm-hmm. And then you have to go through the testing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think it's going to be a problem. There's a lot of farmers markets springing up locally that were not there, you know, mm-hmm. even last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a big surge. A lot of the grocery stores are buying local. I, I think the big thing is a lot of people are not willing to pay to get their product certified organic. Um, there is a certified naturally grown, which basically comes out and they test your land to make sure there's no chemical or pesticide residues on your land. Mm-hmm. And it is a little bit cheaper than the certified organic. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I think with the demand out there that these big companies are going to have no choice but to switch. You know, and like I said, it's going to take time, but, you know, they're going to be forced into it. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Mandy, why don't you take it over from here? I, I don't want to turn off my quest for knowledge by asking <laughs> questions that are too difficult. This has really been fascinating from my perspective. Go ahead, Mandy. You know what, Sherry? I'm, I'm going to go easier on you. That was, that was some pretty tough <laughs> questioning. That, he's bad cop. I'm good cop. That's how we work. <laughs> so this week we'll end on the easier questions. So you're, you do a little bit of everything. You're not just a gardener. Well, you're actually a master gardener, you know, some amazing level of gardener. And in addition to that, you're also a poet, and you do wildlife work, and, and you're an author. I mean, you've done a lot of incredible stuff. You make me feel very lazy. <laughs> so tell me more about about some of the other work you do. Um, well, I have a certified wildlife habitat. Um, we have an acre and a half of land. Um, we raise animals. We have a horse. We have goats. We have dairy and cashmere. Um, we have rabbits, including angora rabbits, and we have chickens and ducks. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition to my writing, um, I pretty well run the farm during the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, the fiber that I collect off the cashmere goat and the angora rabbits, I spin. And really? then I make box sweaters and other items out of that yarn. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I'm always out there trying to figure out the next way to go organic. Um, we just recently found organic uh, livestock feed, and I have moved all of my animals over to that, and they are so much happier. That's fantastic. That's yeah. really good to hear. Um, now, back to your gardening. I don't want to get too far away from that since that is the gist of the show today, but um, this is a good time for people to get into, uh, you know, amateur gardening. If, if people are going to start, this is the time of year to start, right? It is, and the good news is there are a lot of younger people under 30 that are now getting into gardening, and this is being seen at all of the garden shows around the country. The big interest this year is vegetable gardening. Really? Yes. Yes. Is that because of the organic movement? I think in part because of the organic movement, and I think because people are becoming more aware that they can be in charge of growing their own food. Um, 
gardening has been down in the past years, and it's really exciting to see a surge. And I believe I heard it was like a 17% surge. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it was up there. And, you know, with just with the younger crowd. So, And that's really exciting because typically it's been, you know, the older crowd that's been into the gardening. Uh-huh. Now, if if I was going to get into gardening today, if I wanted to go out to my, my local garden store and, and get everything together that I wanted to plant, what would be the best things to plant right now? Okay. Um, you'd want to look for bare root roses and fruit trees. Really? And want to, yes. You would want to get those in the ground now. Mm-hmm. And when you plant your roses, if you're in a colder region, you need to plant them three inches below that grass line. Okay. Not like it says on the tag, because they won't come back. Mm-hmm. So um, you would want to look for cabbages and leafy type of vegetables. Mm-hmm. Those can go in the ground now. Um, you will want to have a frost cover or something to cover them, just in case you would get a hard frost late. Mm-hmm. Um, flowering vines can be planted the 15th of this month. So seeds, vines, you know, whatever. Um, tubers and roots, such as potatoes, carrots, turnips, and radishes, can be planted now. Mm-hmm. And um, for gardeners in colder regions, I'm in Zone 6, mm-hmm. you can plant potatoes in November and December and be harvesting those in May. Really? Yes. Huh. That's yes. fantastic. This sounds like a lot, you know what, I'm not going to lie, Sharon, it sounds like a lot of stuff and I have a black thumb. Everything I touch dies. So are these easy things to get involved with? Are these sort of on the more advanced level? What am I looking at? Um, roses are a little more advanced. Um, most of your vegetables are really easy to grow, and they're a good place to start. Herbs are easy to grow. Um, they will pretty well grow in any soil. Mm-hmm. Um Flowering vines are not really that hard. Um, you know, like I said, probably the roses would be the most difficult ones because of, you know, having to plant them deeper, needing to amend the soil, the constant fertilization that's needed with them. Mm-hmm. Um, but all really pretty easy. You know, preparing the soil is the big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, like you'd want to add compost and kelp to your garden right now. Okay. And... If your garden is not prepared, you would want to till it, put that on, let it set for a few days, and then till it again. Really? Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm writing this down. <laughs> okay. And <laughs> if your garden, wrong. Okay. If your garden is already prepared, mm-hmm. you can simply put a three inches of this on top of the soil, and it will act like a mulch. Now, not three inches of the kelp, the compost. You can mix the kelp into the compost. Uh-huh. Uh, most plant roots only go six inches deep anyway, so the plants still benefit even if you just top dress the soil, and that will act as a weed barrier. Interesting. Wow. So do you have any plants that are coming up right now? Oh, I have stuff in bloom. Um, I have primrose, uh, daffodils, crocus, dianthus. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm tr- I can't see my garden from here. I'm trying to think what else. <laughs> I have witch hazels that have been in bloom for weeks. Really? Um, oh, yeah. I, I have tons of color out there right now. Helleborus is in bloom. Mm-hmm. Um, I have some cabbages that have survived through the winter outside under a piece of glass. Uh-huh. 
Um, I have seeds in my greenhouse just going crazy, so <laughs> um, I just took dicotymous earth and kelp out and sprinkled on top of all those pots today in the greenhouse as pest control. Mm-hmm. Um, you can all put, also put garlic and cinnamon on top of greenhouse plant soil for pest control. Really? Yeah. Really? What, what does that control? What, what pests? Um, those little flies that fly around. It controls those. Um, the dicotymous earth will control anything with a soft body that crawls like slugs. Mm-hmm. Um, anything with a soft body because it will slice it up. Right. And basically with the garlic, the cinnamon, and the dicotymous earth, I have no pest problems in my greenhouse. Really? Very interesting. That's a good fact. That's, that's an excellent organic fact. I hope our listeners are writing that down. Just so everybody knows, it's a very good organic gardening tip. So now I know you brought some tips, some other tips with you today. But before we get into that, I know that you're doing some really great books for us, and you're in progress, and those should be coming along quickly. What is the difference between a regular garden and an English garden? Because your whole book is going to be 101 tips on English gardening. So what's the difference between a normal garden and an English garden? A normal garden, there's space between the plants a lot of times. Um, They can be more formal. An English garden is kind of this, that, and the other thing, and the plants are all together. Mm -hmm. Um, You might have a rose with a delphinium or a baby's breath or maybe some lavender, but the plants are all kind of in together, touching one another, flowing together. Really? Okay. Okay, so it's sort of a free-form garden. Yes. Very much. Okay. Well, I can't wait to read more of your tips on English gardening. I'm very excited about your book. And then you also have the organic gardening book coming out right after that, in addition to a bajillion other books that you're involved with. I don't know how, I honestly don't know how you do it. Um, But do you have some tips for us today on, you know, uh, any good plants that you think are, are great on, you know, worth planting these days or some of the best stuff on the market for gardening? Okay. Um, the best gardening products that I've found, um, there's an item called a cobra head weeding tool. Mm-hmm. If you're going to garden, don't be without this little guy. Really? It, okay. Oh, yeah. It, it'll take dandelions or anything out. It's a little okay. hand tool, and it is just wonderful. Is it expensive? Um, I don't believe it is. Um, let me see if I can pull up a price here real quick. Um, and then the other item that I just found that goes with the cobra weeding tool is called a circle hoe weeding tool. And it's a little hand tool. It's a circle, and it's like a hoe. Mm-hmm. And it does some of the smaller weeds. Um, the cobra weeding tool is just twenty four ninety nine. Oh, great. Okay, so worth the investment is what you're saying. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Um, without my tool, I would just be so upset. <laughs> <laughs> After I found it, I really don't know how I lived without it. <laughs> well, good. Then I think that's, you know, that's certainly a good tip for, for new gardeners or even established gardeners, I'm sure. Yes. And the circle hoe is great. Um, the small one, they say, is more for working in pots and loosening the soil and pulling up weeds. But I use mine out in the garden, and it is so sharp. And because it's a hand tool, you know, you're not dealing with a big, long handle. And 
mm-hmm. you know, it's just a great little item, and it's just fourteen ninety five. Oh, great. Okay. Okay. So, now, now, one quick question. I, my mom is a big gardener. She's always having problems with dandelions, dandelion roots, dandelion problems. That's all I ever hear about. I don't really know what she's talking about, but she's always having dandelion problems. What, it, what does that mean? Okay. I will tell you how the easiest way to deal with dandelions, mm-hmm. um, if she really doesn't want them, <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I actually plant dandelions because I like them, not in my garden, but uh-huh. in the yard. <laughs> um, if she goes down and she severs that root and takes mm-hmm. the top off, after doing that two or three times, that dandelion is going to quit coming up because there's nothing there above ground to create food to keep that root alive. Okay, so so beat it down until it learns its lesson. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. I like I like your philosophy, Sharon. <laughs> um, and right now is a great time to remove weeds from flower beds and vegetable gardens. You want to start that as soon as your soil can be worked and get a head start on these guys because if they get ahead of you, you know, you've got a problem. Right. And right. and especially in a large garden. I mean, you don't want these weeds to get ahead of you. Mhm. And there now, are organic weed control methods. Uh made out of corn available. Really? Okay. Yes. Now, you've you've given us a ton of great information today. I mean, I actually I actually would feel more comfortable going out and starting my own garden having heard some of these tips. But if if somebody wants to to consult, do you have a website that they can go to 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 get some of these facts together? Yes. Uh my website is exoticgardening.com. Mhm. And I also have a blog. Uh there's a link to that. Um, on exoticgardening.com, we have forums. Uh, we have articles available that people can come and read. Uh-huh. That has a lot of information. Um, we have a mailing list that has a newsletter that we send out that has lots of tips that are not even on the website. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we just have a ton of resources on there. And then, like I said, if they don't find what they're looking for, they can ask in the forums. Mm-hmm. And they can also find a link to Plant a Row for Hunger? Yes, yes, there is Good. a link to the Plant a Row for the Hungry website, um, mm-hmm. which again is gardenwriters.org. Mm-hmm. And we also have a Plant a Row for the Hungry forum on the website, on our website, exoticgardening.com, that people can go in and ask questions or post how much they've donated mm-hmm. or, you know, just basically anything about Plant a Row for the Hungry. Mm-hmm. So, well, sounds wonderful, Sherry Ann. Thank you so much for being with us today, for talking with us. Learned a lot from this interview. And you have two fantastic books coming up through Life Tips that we're all very excited about. So everyone be watching for 101 Life tip Tips on Organic Gardening and English Gardens. And that's it for today. Thank you so much, Sherry Ann. Well, thank you. Great. Well, we'll see everybody next week.